Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We're glad you're here with us. Welcome in. Make sure you smash that like button for us on the YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Podcast listeners, we need those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, so do us that solid and uh, leave us a five-star review on either of those platforms and make sure you're following there as well. We've got a lot to get to today. Uh, the Hawks held their first practice since Sunday's loss. Uh, since the players only meeting, you're going to hear from Luke Richardson on that. And one of the specific things that was discussed in that meeting. Uh, we're also going to play you an excerpt of an interview that our sister podcast colleagues. Colleagues, yes. Our colleagues, colleagues. at uh, What Chaos, uh, DJ Bean and Pete Blackburn did today with Connor Bedard and Kevin Korchinski. That whole interview is available on today's episode of What Chaos, which is out now. But wait till this show's over to go listen to that. Um, but check it out. I've really been enjoying those guys' podcasts. They've got such good chemistry together. They've been doing shows together forever. They love the game, but they're not too... They're not like big like metrics and analytics guys. It is a very listenable podcast, which is what you want when you're listening to podcasts. So check out the What Chaos podcast. I think you'll enjoy it, especially today's I think it's a 20-minute interview with Connor Bedard and Kevin Korchinski. We're going to bring you about nine or ten minutes of, the, of uh, some of the stuff we thought you would enjoy hearing. Um, fellas, I think we should start with the players-only meeting. It was kind of the big story um, after Sunday's loss. Uh, Mario was there at the United Center reporting on the game and just kind of had to stand out there in the hallway for a while. It was a while, yeah. Yeah, waiting for the access. Um, but the vibes... I think you're probably the right person to ask about this, Mario, is once you were allowed in, it didn't feel like it was a like a negative sort of a thing. Of course, anytime there's a players-only meeting, there's going to be a negative reason to hold it. Right. But did you kind of take the same thing away and that it was more of a viewed as a positive than a negative? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we heard from Seth Jones and we heard from Corey Perry uh, and Ryan Donato after the game. And I think it was a situation where the veterans, I think, took control of, of you know, whatever the messaging was, um, consistency in their play, playing within their system. I think the idea of shift lengths uh, came out of that as well. And it just seemed like the veterans were trying to 
as I think uh, Corey Perry and Donato both put it, is kind of just heart to heart with the, the rest of the team um, about playing within their system and, and being able to uh, play together, be consistent. Seth Jones talked about, um, didn't say what specific words, but he said there are some words that we've chosen this season that we want to you know, work towards, strive towards, always have within their game uh, that they want to focus on. And just kind of having that be that meeting be more of a refocusing of like, what are we doing to, to execute this? So I don't think it was, and Seth Jones said it too, you're not in there, you know, talking down to guys. You're not mother effing them, as he said. It's, uh, it's more of a, uh, maybe a refocusing of, of what they're trying to accomplish this season. And I think that's early on in the year, better to do than if we're in February and things become glaring problems that we start saying, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Over and then and over, right? and over and over and over. And then the players have a, a players only meeting and it becomes, you know, it becomes the opposite of, oh, we're just making sure all these things are reinforced. It becomes, you know, this, why, why are we not fixing that? You know, maybe the, the, the attitude changes in that. So I'm, if it needed to happen, I'm glad it did early. And I would say based off of, you know, what we heard today compared to Sunday night or following the game Sunday night, um, it seems like things are, are received and are going to be worked on. You know, this was their first practice since the game Sunday night, and I think it was a, a spirited effort, and Luke Richardson seemed like he was um, focusing on what they can learn to be better and, and move on from there. And I liked what he did say, and we'll, we'll hear about it. Um, I liked what he did say about allowing the players to navigate that on their own. Yeah, yeah, we'll hear what he said, but, you know, he, not much he could say after a game. He's already moved on to the next game, um, but this seems to me like it's a situation where the veterans on the team were trying to be proactive and not reactive. Like, mm -hmm. let's fix this before it becomes a major thing, and it brings everything right on cue every time. Uh before sickness. Before <laughs> you are definitely <laughs> sick. Uh, <laughs> but like, let's not let it like build to a point where it brings all of this down and, and counteracts all of our efforts we put into it. So yeah, it, it, there's nothing wrong with a team being proactive. Yeah. And, and identifying something very early in the season that either already is problematic or can become problematic, and just saying, hey, this is uh, this is how we want to do things. We're not doing it that way. This is what we need to work on. And I really think, especially for the younger players in the room, you know, your, your Kevin Korchinski's and your Wyatt Kaiser's, even your Alex Vlasic, this is his first full NHL season. I think hearing it from guys who've won Stanley Cups. Yeah. Guys like Corey Perry, guys like Tyler Johnson, you know, a guy like Nick Foligno, who's, every shift out there, putting it all on the line. Hearing it from them probably means more than hearing it from Luke Richardson. Because that's Luke Richardson's job. Yes. That's what he's supposed to do. Well, and... Well, part I, of his job. Yeah. Like, you expect it from him. Your head coach is supposed to... But when... It's the guy that's to your left or right of you, that's in the, literally in the, in the foxhole with you, saying something, I think that maybe grabs a young player's attention a little more. Well, and if you've been with us a lot, and I know we have a lot of people that listen to every episode or most episodes, 
like from the day Luke took over, he's always said he wants the players to police themselves. He wants them to be the ones who, you know, talk to each other. And then if it gets to a point where the, where the players can handle it or aren't handling it, then he jumps in. So I want to provide that context for those that have not heard that from Luke before, uh, before, because we're going to play him here in a second. And I think you're going to be really kind of pleased with the way he responds to this players only meeting, but this is what he wants. This is what, when he said to Kyle Davidson, let's go get Corey Perry. And we all kind of at the first, initially were like, why are we getting Corey Perry on this team? Not me. Not Greg. <laughs> it's all making sense now. Yep. Because Luke wants a team that's going to lead from within. And it's not to say that Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and those guys didn't do that. Of course not. Jonathan Taze will go down as one of the great leaders of all time. But I think for the team that they have now, you need guys that are a little more on the level of the guys on the roster. That's I wrote about this today for uh, allchgo.com for my Blackhawks beat. Like especially like Nick Felino is a guy we we've talked about this before too. Like he can talk to skilled players because he's been a leading scorer, he's been a captain, mm-hmm. he's been I believe an All Star. Yep. Now he is in a bottom six role for the most part on most teams. He's a grinder. He's a plugger. He's played all roles. He can speak to everything. He's a workaholic. Like, all those things, he's kind of the perfect guy as opposed to Taves or Kane or Mario Lemieux or name whatever legend you want to name. It's hard for somebody like Philip Kurashev to walk up to Jonathan Taves and say, what should I do, as opposed to somebody like Nick Foligno, right? Like, it's a different level of leader and a different style of leader. And I think what they have brought in – uh, and, and and let's be honest, like some of the guys that were here before, like Seth Jones has really stepped into a leadership role this year. Connor Murphy has been, uh, he has been in the past, but now I think he feels especially empowered. Uh, they've got a room full of guys that have a very, a great spot. I'm trying to say this correctly. <laughs> They're like right in the right space to lead a young team. Yeah. They're not too high. They're not too low. They're right where they need to be, where they can connect with everybody. So why don't we listen to what Luke Richardson had to say uh, right now? I believe the question's on here, but in case it's not, uh, Joe Brand asked him, you know, what can a coach do after a players-only meeting? What's a coach's role after an all-player meeting? Are you digging much into what was said, or are you letting them do their own thing? No, no. Really, it's... uh... I've said what I needed to say before the game and, and in between periods. After the game, it's over. Like We take our time and watch video and discuss things yesterday for and after the game for today's viewpoint of how can we get a little bit better from last game. And I mean, I think that the heat of the moment after the game, did they, they, they're disappointed they lost. And they're they're they should be exhausted from the effort they put out. And what am I going to say at that moment that's going to impact Thursday? That's that like to me, I don't think there's really anything I can go in and say that's going to impact the next game. Uh, so for them, from their peers, I think it goes a lot farther. And they probably just touched on a few areas that we would probably say anyway. So I I don't even want to dive into what they said. I, I like them to control that locker room. That's their area. We just kind of come in and try and give them a game plan that suits that we think best for them. And we, we're happy to have dialogue with them all the time. And uh, we do sometimes. But 
that dressing room when we leave. It's up to them to be motivated to go on that ice. It's up to them to take control of their life and this opportunity that they have and, and we're happy that they, they have that meeting or they say a few things even after the coach leaves, even if the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And, uh, you know what I mean? You know, not system-wise, but because we all have to play the same system, but uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe the wrong time to be a little upset or a little wrong time not to be upset. So I think for them to take that on themselves is a really good thing. Do you know if the meeting like was one more in, for Luke? in the room or was it while they were working out? Do you know? I don't know, but I would assume it was probably right away. Usually those, the door closes as soon as the, the last person comes in and they ask the trainers to step out and it's usually just the players. And uh, and that's a good thing. I like that. And um, you know, there should be there should be some accountability uh, amongst themselves, not just the coaches uh, showing corrections or, or good things on the video and talking about them. It should be them discussing that and and being able to take a breath and, and absorb it, and then you know, pat someone on the back or give them a, a boot in the ass to get going or whatever it is. Either way, and. Um, they should be able to do that and, and accept it as, as peers and, and get better. That's Luke Richardson. Sorry if it came through a little bit uh, more quietly than usual. We're going to do our best to boost the next piece of audio we can. But we get these things in, you know, from practice really quickly. So sometimes, you know, it's not ideal. But um, I like what he sort of said. It was kind of subtle. But he said, like, when I'm not in a the room, they can basically talk shit about me. <laughs> and that's good. Right, like yeah. you want these guys to be able to vent to each other about the the coaches or whatever they need to do yeah. to get to get on the same page and look like maybe, you know, Joe Schmo is irritated with Kevin Dean and goes to Connor Murphy and he's like, God, he's up my ass and, and Connor Murphy says, You know what? Kevin Dean's got a point. You need to play a little better. You need to do the things he's doing. And he's telling you to do this for this reason. Maybe you're not understanding why. Let me help you understand why. Yeah. Like, I just think having that open dialogue from top to bottom of the roster is 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 a good thing. And, and I see from Luke talking about this, zero concern that there was a players-only meeting. If anything, to him, I feel like he feels like it's a positive. Yeah. It seemed like he was, you know, especially after the game, Felt like he was he was pleased that it was able to be handled in in that manner rather than having to kind of be addressed by coaching staff or anything like that. I mean, it's 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 his philosophy as a coach being enacted and saying, "Well, I've I've enabled my players to be able to, you know, handle themselves within the locker room." And and uh, I think he's so far from today's practice. I think he got the outcome he was he was hoping to get in a scenario like that. So it's, it's, it's a good, uh, sign. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's positive. You want the players to be able to feel comfortable with, with each other and, um, be able to, to own, you know, the, the locker room space. And, uh, you know, someone in the chat said, can you, can, you know, how does it compare to the locker room that, you know, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane entered when they were, when they were rookies and, you know, yeah, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook were there, but they were still two, three years into their NHL careers. Patrick Sharp was young in his NHL career. Um, you had Marty Lapointe and Marty Havlett physically fighting in the locker room, right? So yeah, so I would it's say probably not as great. As a that. little, a little different, but <laughs> yeah. as far as like there being like Damn Marty's. there's a top, top superstar at the top of the yeah. food chain, there wasn't that. You know, all the all the guys coming in that were the younger players were all kind of being 
it was it's kind of the same situation the Blackhawks are trying to build here yep. is that right. all the guys in the next two three years are going to be that next core of of players that you you build around, and they're all kind of coming in one at a time and and they build up from from there. So you have some veterans uh, that are there to kind of guide it, but they're not necessarily the ones being you know the top dogs. Yeah, and, and that's a lot about what Kyle Davidson said about clearing the deck chairs and getting a fresh start because. As we've said before, if Kane and or Taves was still here, it's their team mm -hmm. because of what they accomplished here and how long they were here. Now, it's just, it's a team. It's not anybody's team. It's not Nick Foligno's team. It's not Seth Jones' team. Right. Like, it's a group effort. And I think, you know, when we, when we did, uh, when they, you know, you talk about Luke seemed to appreciate it. I don't think Luke needs to really be concerned about a player's only meeting being a bad thing right now. Right. Like if I'm Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton and there's a player's only meeting, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating it. Yeah. Cause that team is a just complete dumpster fire right now. I think there was one in Toronto. There's, I don't know. Do they care enough up there? Uh, did they have one? I don't know. Did, I, I, yeah, they did. They did, did a lot of good. Um, they won last night. Yeah. They played our video during the intermission. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah, but but yeah, again, like Sheldon Keith, I'm I'm concerned if my players are locking me out of the room and talking. Sure. Because they're underachieving, and there's been all that criticism about you know being soft and no response and all that stuff. None of that stuff. The, the I think the veterans knew exactly what the guys like Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno and Tyler Johnson, who's now in his third season, they know exactly what's going on here. So they use that opportunity to be like, okay, we were brought in here, yes, to play hockey, but we were also brought in here to be the guys that set the example for this core that they're still putting together. We're going to help lay the concrete and the foundation and then move on to whatever we're moving on to. They took that opportunity to do the other part of the reason why they're getting paychecks. Besides mm -hmm. playing the game, we're here to really be the example and that's they took that opportunity to do it, and I don't think I think it's nothing but positive. I agree. All right, there's one very specific factor to this players only meeting that was brought up. It is the uh, shift time, and it was a uh, topic of conversation throughout today's uh, practice, uh, post game, all those sort of things. Post game, uh, open locker room. I mean, meeting with Luke Richardson. So we're gonna get to that next, but first. We want to tell you about our friends at Empire Today. With Empire Today, you could shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and low price guarantees. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they have people that are trying to be like them, but they cannot beat Empire on quality, service, or speed, so they advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. They won't promise you the lowest prices at Empire because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they would not put in theirs. You've got awesome value with Empire. You're making a big investment in your home. Invest in quality. They've got their virtual floor designer. You can take a picture of your house, upload it, and put the floor in there and see exactly what your room's going to look like with your new floors from Empire Today. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples every year to find the perfect 
style schedule. A free in-home estimate today. All CHGO listeners can receive $350 off when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. That uh, $350 that you save there can be spent wisely on some Goose Island beer once you uh, get your new floors put in there. Goose Island, they are the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO, and they have been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they have a tremendous year-round beer roster to choose from for you to enjoy. You got the Full Pocket Pills, the everyday beer that the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. You have the entire family of the Beer Hug IPA series. Uh, And, of course, you have the golden cans of 312, the wheat ale that is the staple of Goose Island's year-round roster. Of course, you also have the Green Line, the Matilda, uh, so many to choose from. And Christmas time is uh, coming up, so the Christmas IPA will be hitting the shelves pretty soon. Uh, and if you want to celebrate the Bulls or the Blackhawks, you can open up a Goose Island beer to celebrate those teams you have. I have breaking news. Confirmed by a Goose Island brewer, they are not the same beer. That bartender at the United Center lied to our friend Lawrence, and he is going to sue. Sheesh. What happened? They, Lawrence went to go buy a Bullman Goose uh-huh. at our Hawks takeover, and she said, why don't you just take the Blackhawks one? It's the same beer. It's not the same. It beer. is not the same beer. One is a wheat ale and one is an IPA, right? Yeah, one's a, a pale, pale a pale ale. Pale ale, pale yeah, ale is a wheat ale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, even I know the difference. Well, yeah. she's the bowling. The, the, the bowling goose is is the West Side she, ale, the wheat she, ale. She, she, be, she should be demoted to the water bottle station. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking. The Corey about. Perry Jersey station. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, the Blackhawks uh, Pale Ale is, of course, a pale ale. And you can get all of these beers and more uh, ultra fresh brewery exclusives when you go to the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. That is the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. All right, so the other kind of specific topic at this players only meeting was shift length. Guys wanting to stay out there a little bit longer to try to make things happen, and then they get kind of pinned deep, and then it's too late, and then they're out of gas, and there's really nothing they can do to stop the bleeding. Uh, Luke Richardson was asked specifically about that from Ben Pope, so we're going to play that here. Uh, Ben Pope's going to write a whole feature on this, I think, for either today or tomorrow, so make sure you it was Ben Pope's like big, big story. But here is uh, what Luke Richardson had to say about the significance of shift length. We asked you about the the longer shifts last game, and I was looking. Connor is third in the league with the and shift time at sixty seconds. Do you do you like that? I mean, he is one of your best players, or yeah. do you want him to get that down a little bit? I'd be, it'd be probably uh, ideally to get down. I think what it is is if he's had, has the puck in the ozone and he's feeling good, and you're making the other team work, and he's moving a lot. It's not a lot of stopping and starting. Um, it's a lot easier to have a longer shift than it is when it's in the diesel. It's making the right decision at the end of that shift so he doesn't, let's say, turn a puck over at high in, in our offensive zone and then he's got to back check and play D zone, which he doesn't, you know, who wants to play in the D zone all game? And, and then, it, especially in the second period, and it ends up being a, 40, a minute, 45 second shift, well, then that really distorts like your ice times, but it also tires you out. And, uh, and it makes our team look scrambly and the players scrambly. So I think he, he's got to just make sure he makes really good decisions when he's in the offensive zone, which he, you know, he does in the most part, but it's when, let's say there's a game, we're down 2-1, 3-1, there's lots of time left. We don't need to win the game with 15 minutes left on one play. 
we have to make the right decisions so we don't put the other four guys or when we change on a back check or the guy coming on the ice, put them in a bit of a hostile environment. So those that's what we're really looking at more than the actual number. Um, but you know, the, the number usually dictates your decision making and keeps you out on the ice because you, you made a poor decision at the end of your shift. So it forced you to stay out there another 30 seconds if you're lucky enough not to get scored on. So I think the 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 main culprit in this is is certainly Connor Bedard, who um, is used to having to do it all for the teams he's played on. He is over the boards pretty much every other shift when he's playing juniors. And he's the guy on the Regina Pats that can actually change a game by himself. Mm-hmm. He is having to get the lesson here to shorten those shifts, live to fight another day. And I think even beyond shift time, I think that's one of the things we've seen him learn early on here is things that worked in junior are not going to work at this level. I think he's done a pretty good job of adjusting already, but we're still seeing those lessons on the ice. But, you know, maybe in in Regina, if he's late on a shift, he's got a, a minute or a minute 20 shift. He still has more speed and skill than most of the people on the ice and go win the puck back and carry it out. That's not going to happen here at mm-hmm. the NHL level, even though he's still in the top 10 percentile of talent. Um, everybody in this league can play. And everybody in this league has been through junior or college and knows how to play the game. So Luke's message of you don't have to win the game right now. Make the smart play, even if you're in the offensive zone, and get off the ice. I hope he gets that message. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, um, you know, with his, with his average shift length being like a minute or whatever it is, um, you know, he pointed out to uh, today when talking after – uh, practice that power play time can can yeah. skew that and he barely ever leaves the ice on yeah. a power play so right. sure you know average shift length throughout the course of a game can be can be extended but yeah i i would like to think that um you know Derek king's one of his favorite monikers is getting the junior out of a player i think that that might be the the, the case here with guys like bedard and korchinski too um you know the, a lot of the young guys uh trying to you know, instill that mindset of not trying to force things. Uh, Reichel as well. Like, like all those young guys, uh, I think there's there's maybe some pressure to make things happen because that's what the team is trying to accomplish is let all these young guys develop and, and become focal points of the team. Um, but trying to learn, okay, it's not happening this shift. I don't need to force it. Let me get off the ice. Let, you know, I, I can dump the puck in, change off. Get a, get, a, get a guy with fresher legs on the ice to try and make something happen. Um, I think that mentality is something that becomes very ingrained at the professional level in the NHL over time. And it's, it's a lesson that they'll, ha- they'll, they'll have to learn, especially the, def- the defensemen too. You don't want to be hemmed in on a long shift. And then here comes a, a hard pass ringing around the boards. It hops over your stick and then you're gassed. It's going the other direction and you can't catch up and, and make a defensive play. So I think, Bedard and, and the rest of the young crew, it's it's a, a lesson that'll be instilled. Um, even if he's the best player, it's, it's still you, you can't have him out there uh, for two minutes at a time. Uh, take because that also not only does it it you know depletes his energy even as an eighteen year old. That's taking ice away from other guys on the team, which you know these are all paid professionals, paid handsomely. Uh, that'll start eating at some teammates if you're taking ice time away from me because you're out there for two minutes at a time. So, yeah, I, I think it's, like Corey Perry said, 
playing within the system is is an important thing. So I think it's all, it's all connected to that uh, cohesiveness and that system that they're trying to instill. Yeah, and I I, and I don't think uh, any of that stuff, you know, the, the shift link conversations and, and, you know, a lot of it is geared towards Bedard. He's, I don't think he's the only one guilty of it, but I think he's the uh, most regular offender, per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've even before this was a topic Sunday, you know, you notice a lot where, like, He's out there still extending a shift, and it's already like two thirds of the other line. Yeah. That's where I like hockey came from. Yeah, right. He yeah. Wouldn't get off the ice in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, there are, there are situations where when you score I can, and it win, and you right. win, it works. So I don't think he's doing it to be defiant. No, no or be a, or be you know show anybody up. It's just because a he's that big of a competitor, and b it's probably what he's used to. Right. Playing in the WHL, you know, it was like, especially on, on those Regina Pats teams, he literally had to do it all himself. I mean, he proved that last season. They weren't a very good team. And yeah, is, did, did, is he the best player on this team? Yeah. Yeah. But he's got more help and he's just got, he's got to learn that like, just got to, you know, yeah, I, I want to score on every shift, but that's not going to happen. You got to wait for the opportunities. You can't force it. Do the right thing. And again, like I said earlier, I think hearing that from a Corey Perry or a Nick Felino has a little more weight than hearing it from Derek King or Derek Plant. Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys want to take a stab at uh, shift length leaders on the Blackhawks? <laughs> well, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard's number one. Seth uh, Jones is yeah, going to be say up there. Seth Jones is number two, 58 seconds per shift. Uh, is Vlasic well, probably up there? Vlasic is ninth with forty nine uh, seconds per shift. Is uh, Connor Murphy's been hemmed down in his own zone a lot, so he's got to be in the top five. Connor right? Murphy is fifteenth. Wow, with forty seven okay. seconds. My mistake. Hmm. Here's your top five: That's Bedard, good. Seth Jones, Taylor Hall comes in at fifty six, Kurashev fifty five, Donato fifty five. So everybody who's played on Connor Bedard's line, <laughs> right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And Connor Jones Bedard's is always out there with Bedard too. So mm. if you've played, if you're playing, and, and with guys Bedard, on the power play, yeah. Corey yeah. Perry is is six with fifty two. Same with Korchinski. Mm-hmm. That's all power play skewing. So, yeah. I mean, and it's you might think like, well, I mean, why is a minute bad and fifty six seconds good or better or fifty two seconds better over the course of a game? Mm-hmm. It adds up, it and, adds and up. All, the message isn't like. You have to be off the ice in 52 seconds. It's if you know it's the end of a shift, make a smart play. That's yeah. the, what the message is. Yeah. It's not about a stopwatch. It's about, hey, recognize I've been out here for 50, 55 seconds. I can either take a chance and take this puck deep, maybe one on two and try to make something happen like I did in Regina, or I can dump it in, change, and let my teammates take over and try to get the puck back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the stuff that Luke wants. And it's not, let's be clear, it's not just Bedard. No. But I think he is no, the most obvious example. Well, oh, he's got the it, most eyeballs on him, so he's, yeah. and right, it's people a, are going to notice it more. It's a message across the board. Yeah, and, you know, it's more of a matchup thing in the NHL, too. Matchups matter more mm-hmm. than they do at junior. You know, when you're the best player in the country, it doesn't matter who's out there against you. You're going to be better than them. But in the NHL... Hey, sometimes you, it's like, all right, we need to get this line on because they match better with mm-hmm. that line and all that stuff. So yeah. learning curves and growing pains. We talked a lot about this. 
all off season. This is going to be the theme this year, next year, and probably the season even after that. You get all these young guys, they have to figure it out. And this is, this is the part of that process. Yeah, we're going to have these conversations with Frank Nazar and Oliver yeah. Moore as well. It's Same one thing with Sam Renzel when he gets here. Like all these guys, as they, as they become pros and NHL players, it's all lessons that they'll have to learn. Not, not everybody is going to come in prepackaged here as an NHL player right away at 18 years old. Like it's not, it's not how it works. That's right. Um, all right. Uh, you saw our buddies from what chaos. If you were in the chat, they, they jumped in and said, hello. Hello. Uh, they talked to Connor Bedard and Kevin Korczynski. They didn't talk to him today. But they published their interview today. Uh, when we're done, go check out the full What Chaos podcast. But we're going to bring you an excerpt from their interview with Connor Bedard and Kevin Korchinski coming up next. So make sure you stick around for that. But first, we know it can be really frustrating to buy tickets to theater events, games, concerts, and all those sort of things. Uh, but lucky for you, we have our friends at Game Time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You know, sometimes you're not sure your schedule. You don't know what's going on in your life, and you weren't able to get in. You know, when, when tickets go on sale, everyone rushes onto those ticket sites and tries to get them. Sometimes you're, you don't have that opportunity. You don't know. You're trying to get in right before the event, Game time is the place to do it. They've got those last-minute tickets, the flash deals, the zone deals. They're easy to find and buy, and you could view your seats from – you can get a view. Like, hey, it's Pearl Jam, coming to United Center. Where's the stage going to be? Right there. Where are my seats going to be? You get an actual view of your seats Love that. before you buy them. It is absolutely great. So you know you're not stuck behind a speaker or a, or a pole or something like that <laughs> that's going to obscure view. your view. It's really, really great. Uh, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. And if you find a ticket cheaper elsewhere, they will match and beat that price with 110% of the difference. That is the Game Time guarantee. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You know, when you're covering a rebuilding hockey team, you talk about foundation quite a lot. We've already yep. we've mentioned that buzzword a lot even today. Is this a makeup read? No. Oh, okay. This is about foundation <laughs> of a good sandwich. Ah, Starts with yes. your bread. Okay. Because if you've got crappy bread, you've got a crappy sandwich. No matter how good the ingredients are inside those pieces of bread, if the bread is bad and falls apart and tastes bad, mm -hmm. you've got a bad sandwich. It's true. That's when you need a hero. A hero to step in. You need a hero. And make your sandwich that much better. And that's our friends at Hero Bread. And the kicker is not only is it a delicious product, it's also better for you than just your average bread. And I know I've tried to cut carbs in the past, believe it or not, and you get some of those low-carb breads, and just, they don't taste like bread. They don't have the texture of a bread. You know you're eating something that's good for you, and then usually that's not a good thing. But the taste and the texture of our hero, of hero bread is spot on, and it is delicious. 
They give you high fiber options, ultra low net carbs, and even zero sugar, grams of sugar per slice. And Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas. So no matter what type of sandwich or sandwich-like meal you're having, Hero has the perfect foundation for your meal. And it's available over at Hero.co and Amazon. Also, a special deal right now just for our CHGO fam. 10% off your first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code CHGO and you'll save on your Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot com dot C-O, sorry, dot C-O, forget the M, to save 10% today. Thanks to our pals at Hero. All right. Uh, so last week, All City launched our first and only uh, national hockey podcast starring DJ Bean and Pete Blackburn. It is called What Chaos on today's episode they shared their interview with uh, Connor Bedard and Kevin Korczynski. We're going to play an excerpt here and encourage you to go check out What Chaos. I think you're definitely going to enjoy it if you enjoy the show. It's a ton of it's fun. a lot of fun, yeah. good stuff. They're really good interviewers. I'm, I listen to them mostly to find out how to be a better interviewer because they have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> so here's a little sample you're going to hear from uh, Korczynski and Bedard on uh, playing with some of the older guys, fitting in as rookies, and a little bit about their uh, their personal lives. So give it a listen. We'll think you'll enjoy this. And reminder, check it out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, the What Chaos Podcast. So if you guys had to pick your own goal song, what would you pick? I got no clue, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, Probably just some, like, upbeat, like, I don't know, like, rap song maybe. Just something that's, like, I don't know, pretty, like, hype and, like, get the fans going. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, like, a throwback, something like that, but... What's a throwback to you? I was going to say, getting <coughs> jiggy with it? Is I mean, that like. I don't even yeah, want to know the answer, but like, what is a throwback <laughs> to you guys? I don't, even, I don't even know, like, on the top of my head. You got this. What's a throwback NHL jersey to you? Um, I mean, Mighty Ducks, I guess. Yeah, probably Ducks, first one. Thank you. I mean, that's still a throwback yeah, to, yeah. Jersey. to me. So. Harry yeah. wore it, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my Wow. You should ask him, just be like, hey, like, what was Gordon Bombay like as a coach? Was he? Oh, do you yeah. guys get that reference? Yeah. The movie? Did you watch the movies? Yeah, I've, okay. I've seen the. I've only seen the one. Felino said that you are one of the guys, and you'd love being in the room and shooting the shit with them and everything. Obviously, you're both at the beginning of very important jobs, so you're going to take it serious, and that's great that you're professional. But have you feel? Do you feel that? you're acclimated to like, okay, this is where we are now and I can bust chops and I can have my chops busted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think both of us feel really comfortable in the room and that's something I think you're maybe more nervous about even than the hockey at first is like, I want to fit in and you don't know these guys are, you know, they got families and, and they're older and stuff. But, um, yeah, right away, I think all our guys made us feel so comfortable and going to the room, I feel you know, super at home and, um, you know, it's always a safe place and, uh, you know, where you have some of the, some of the most fun is in the room or on the plane, on the bus. So, um, that makes it way more enjoyable. Was there a moment or a particular thing where you were like, damn, these guys are old, <laughs> like yeah. they're much older. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the mighty ducks. For yeah. Well, I think just playing with like being teammates with guys, with families and kids, like it's just such a different, like thought, like back in like junior playing with guys that are just like, 16 year olds old college or 50 and then you go and you're playing with guys that are in their 30s late 20s so it's just like just it's just so different i feel but like at the same time like 
all the guys kind of focused on the same thing, just playing hockey and just gelling as a team and having fun. So it's uh, it's a pretty good dynamic school. And it's funny. What is it? Is it the 19 in junior? There's some guys that are there. That uh, 20. They're, they're yeah. about uh, 320. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. And the thing that was always said with that is like, there's some men in this league <laughs> because they're guys who stay. And you're like, okay, so all right, this is what a man is. And yeah, then yeah. you get here and... <clears throat> Lino has Lino's male male baldness. Yeah. That seems like something else from yeah. what was yeah. called. Those men had hair and shit like that. Yeah, like yeah, when you're like called up as a 15 for WHL, it's like, geez, like there's 20 year olds, like they're huge, like they got these beards, like, and then you get here and it's like, like they're actually men, like they got kids, like they're they're. Yeah, they're playing for their families. It's crazy. Yeah. So have you chirped them for being old yet? Anybody? Uh, they chirp themselves a lot yeah. for it. I. I yeah. try not to, especially yeah, kind of the first month here. What point during the season do you make a bald joke towards Nick Felino? Yeah, <laughs> he says him so yeah. much that you don't even want to. I think that's his tactic. The thing, yeah. though, is kids these days, and I've noticed this before, like if I'm like shooting hoops and I see some kids like playing basketball, they're all being so nice to each other. And I truly do think that each generation is becoming a little more empathetic and a little nicer to each other. So generally are you the types that would be busting balls anyway or is it like going out of character to be like kind of a dick mm, no i mean like banter and stuff yeah, like i think when like, you try to hurt someone yeah i'm trying to hurt anything. their feelings but i feel like just like if you're kind of chirping a guy it just kind of makes him almost feel more welcome that you're just one of the guys like you're not thinking too much of it like right. i feel like if you're just like kind of not talking to the kids kind of weird but if you're just like chirping them and stuff like that it's kind of it's almost like you're including them what about uh, your experience on the ice so far from other guys on the, on the other side? How much attention is paid to you guys? I mean, it's specifically you, obviously, a lot of attention outside from the media, but like on the ice, you getting a lot of ten attention from guys on the other side? I mean, it's it's still just like hockey, and uh, it's another another level. And I mean, people are competitive, and uh, you know, obviously, there's no friends once you're playing. But I've had a few kind of congrats on the draft or first few games, which is great. Makes you feel feel good but in the end you know you're, you're competing against them and once you get on the ice it's you're just playing hockey going off instincts so um nothing too crazy to have yourself described in similar breaths as Connor mcdavid what's that like because obviously like whether or not you'd like to admit it you're considered a generational talent and it looks that way so far but you've also been a hockey fan and you've seen the otherworldly things that some of these guys do. What's it like hearing stuff like that said about yourself? Um, I think it's cool at first for sure. When, you know, I think when I was younger, I got the exceptional status thing and it's kind of just the other guys that are God. And it's like, you know, I'm in the same sentence in this way as that guy, which is, is pretty sweet. But once you hear it a bit and you know, it is, he's unreal. Like you all know, but uh, for me, I'm just trying to be myself. And um, I think, Everyone loves to do comparisons or who you play like, but no, no two players or person are the same. So just kind of be me and, and let the outside noise be what it is. In terms of players, is there anybody that you ju jumps out as like, man, I really couldn't stand that guy as like a fan when I was younger? I think, well, I think it's Matt Cook. I was sure. a uh, Carlson fan. Okay. So when he took his, like, I think it was his Kelly's, like I was pretty pissed off. But like, <clears throat> obviously, like it was just a freak accident. But as a kid, you don't really get that. So, um, but yeah, not really any like teams or players. I feel. I feel like you just like you're cheering on your favorite team and whoever's <laughs> whoever they're playing against. Like, 
that's the opponent, I guess. So well, I mean, that was also I'm Matt not, Cook's like fifteenth yeah, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm a Bruins yeah. fan when he, you know, not not the biggest fan of what he did to Savard. So like, yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that like there are those guys that have the reputations or just like. Even a teammate of yours now, Corey Perry, was not the biggest yeah. fan of opposing fan bases. So anybody like that for you? Um, no, I don't think any players. Uh, I was a Canucks fan growing up, so like, you know, maybe they're some of the teams they were playing, but nothing sticks out you, too much. So, the Bruins, so you were you five, say. right? In you were five when they were in the Cup final, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, is the, about almost six. Is there much of a? I was actually calculating that the other day. I was like, yeah. so he's born this yeah. month, June fifteenth was when. Uh, is there much of a memory of that? And, and what's cool, at least, is that rivalry lingered lingered for like another few years. Mm -hmm. Marshawn kept doing shit to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, did you have an understanding of that? Do you remember that? I remember the finals. I remember that run pretty well, actually. Like they beat Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, the Burroughs OT goal, which was yep. pretty cool. And then I was at game five against San Jose when BXA got that off the stanchion. Mm -hmm. So I was in the crowd for that. And then um, the Bruins won, I remember. And I remember just crying for like oh. a week or whatever. Little kid, big Canucks fan. <laughs> Best so, time of my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sucked. How much do you appreciate the foundation that was laid by Kane and Taves here? Um, like, obviously, not even just the banners, but you know the transition from their era to now you guys's era um just like what they've built here how much do you appreciate it or does it add extra pressure for you guys uh, as well well i think they're just legends like obviously what they did for chicago like <clears throat> having the three cups like it's kind of crazy what they're able to do in such a short time so like um just the legacy they built here and obviously yeah like um probably is a bit more pressure wearing wearing the logo just because it means so much and it's been so good but I think at the same time, it's kind of cool that you get to be part of such like a historic team and team that's been so good for so many years. So um, I think I take it as a privilege. So it's cool. Um, yeah, I think for us growing up, we were kind of right in that era of mm -hmm. um, them, maybe not the first one for me, but the second and third, especially. I remember really well. And you just see how much the fans in the city gets behind them. And of course, I mean, there were so many guys on those teams, but Cannon Taves being maybe the most notable i guess but i mean you could go down the list i mean uh but yeah just kind of getting the chance to hopefully build something like that and um be in an original six and and here with these fans it's special and um you know for us i don't i don't see it as pressure it's just kind of you know like a, a privilege like kev said uh, kevin you're a musician yeah you could say so guitar so <laughs> where do you better player guitar or piano uh piano i, I grew up um, playing piano, my mom wanted me to play piano, so um, <clears throat> started with my sister. She didn't like it so much, so I had to do it. Um, rolled with that, and then grade, I think grade nine, I quit <clears throat> just to focus on like hockey and school. And then just last uh, last winter at the World of Juniors, a lot of guys playing guitar, and I thought it was the coolest thing. So um, I got one, tried it, and I loved it. So been uh, been playing kind of ever since. Does the team know? Look, they want to make you a healthy scratch. Fine. I'm just gonna get on the organ and rip some yeah, dope I, shit up there. I, and I don't steal think the show so. either way. I don't think I have the the talent for that one. But uh, yeah, it's just it's, I don't know. I like I like it's fun to play guitar just in your free time. Like you have so much. I feel like free time where you can just kind of learn a new thing rather than just kind of sitting on sitting in the bed. What uh, kind of stuff can you play? Um, I like a lot of country stuff. I'm from Saskatoon, so country's pretty big there. So just kind of learning like uh, 
Morgan Wallen or Zach Brown or just kind of like uh, throwback, like cold play. Um, my dad was a big cold play guy, so it uh, kind of rubbed off on me, and I, I like their songs too. Four chord, country music, four chords is going to unlock it all. Yeah, so as yeah long as it's you know super the easy. G, C, A minor, yeah, D, you are, you you're, you're set for like basically like all the songs. Any hidden talents on your end? I just play hockey, guys. <laughs> yeah, hockey. Fair enough. That's all yeah. I do. <laughs> Kevin Korchinski calls Coldplay a throwback. I mean, yeah. No, shut up. You too. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were a band before he was born. That's My a throwback. great, great grandfather used to listen to Coldplay. <laughs> Eat me, Kevin Korchinski. <laughs> My God. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, Check out the whole thing uh, again from from Pete and DJ on the uh, the what the what chaos podcast. Tremendous stuff. I mean, that's that's a, a lot more personality the, out of Connor and Kevin at that point because that was you know basically right at the start of the season. Uh, yeah, maybe about a week, two weeks week ago or so. A week or so ago. Yeah, it was. Was it that close? It wasn't that. It was. Uh, oh yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Okay, but, but I mean, it's that is the start of the season. Yeah, basically. a little bit yeah. earlier in the season. It was. Uh, you know what? That was right before the Boston game. Yeah, that was the day before. So yeah. About, yeah. So two, about two weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, some some time to uh, get them acclimated into the NHL game and get them a little bit more comfortable. But I mean, yeah, that's, it's it's that's fun. the most comfortable Korchinski's been. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It, not having nine recorders in your face and cameras yeah. and just coming off the ice, yeah. you know, and you're out having, of breath, you're, you're having sweating. the two of them together, I think. Yeah, and it's just it's a, a comfort two, level. Yeah, it's, I'm sure they sat there and chatted. They didn't just sit them down and start fireballing questions at them. Right, right. You know, it was, it was nice to see, you know, a more casual environment, get a little more out of them. Um, and, and Pete and DJ are very good at, at doing that. They're, I know... He's a very polarizing figure, but their their first episode was a sit down with Brad Marchand, and it's wonderful. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what, what I like him now, damn what, it! What, what whatever you think of him as a player, he's got a great personality, and they they're able to get more out of that. So definitely, and thanks to uh, Pete and DJ and Sean over at What Chaos for helping. Um, yeah produce half of our show today we appreciate that <laughs> yeah. well i mean it's it's yeah. cross promotion it's cool that they Absolutely. were in here in the chat no. interacting with yeah you so know. definitely when you check them out make sure you're subscribing to their youtube page hitting likes all the same stuff you're doing for us make sure you're doing it for them uh we're, we're super excited to have them part of the all city family and and hopefully uh working with them in the future and just enjoying the great content they're putting out it's funny. It's it's almost as if, and you'll hear when you go listen to the whole thing on what chaos, you'll hear more from about Bedard kind of commenting on like the he's the hockey robot thing. But now he's kind of starting to lean into it. You know, Pete says to him at the end, like, "Do you have any hidden talents?" Like, "No, I just play hockey. That's it. That's all I do." Like, just kind of a wink, wink. Like, no, oh, this is all I'm going to give yeah. you. Yeah, all I'm giving you is hockey. Sorry, I got well, nothing for you. <laughs> he also does really seem like the kind of guy that is just like, oh, I could work on my juggling skills or I could go shoot pucks. Well, I'm going to go shoot pucks. Right. Like, you know, I, I think it's, I think he actually has that kind of personality. So, yeah, as much as it's like, oh, yeah, he's leaning into it, I think he actually he is just like, that's, his personality is being a hockey player. That's it. That's his life. Yeah. I mean, you, you can just from, you know, being in practice and seeing how long extra he stays on the ice and sometimes to the chagrin of his teammates or whatever. Right. But that's, he just loves it. Mm-hmm. He loves it. And, and I think that's a huge part of what has made him so great. Like, you talk about the shot and 
a lot of people say like the legend of Connor Bedard shot was created when he broke his arm and could only shoot with one hand and just shot mm. after shot after shot with the with the other hand made his shot so strong because he just didn't want to stop playing hockey for two months or whatever it was right. that he had the cast on. So he had to find a way like he is just obsessed in the way that we all are with our favorite hobbies, whatever they might be. It is both his career and his obsession and his hobby and his life. Like that's <laughs> all he cares about. And he, he was talking to us today in a scrum saying that he was just watching Leafs and in, uh, lightning. in lightning last night. Just great game. Lots of good players. And like, he is just a hockey lifer. Yeah. That's all yeah. he cares about. That's all he wants to do. And, Boy, it's uh, any sort of concerns you might have about his game now, which are probably pretty limited, but still there's there's things he'll get better at. It is so good to know that there, you're not going to have to convince him to work hard. Yeah. If anything, you're going to have to convince him to chill the to F out less. a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like go go take a vacation. Yeah. Go 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 hiking somewhere fun. Well, and that like was take a breather. Yeah, and we got the first taste of that was uh, prospect camp. Everything was off ice, and he still had all his gear. And he was like, "Well, can I get on the ice?" And it's like they're like, "No, like the, that. No one's going on the ice. We're all doing, you know, the off ice stuff." And uh, yeah, it's just that's that's ingrained in him. And what would you rather him? What would you would you rather him like have to be, you know, pulled off the couch or down the road, pulled out of a bar to get to the rink? No, you want no, to yes. pull him off the rink yes. and say, I wanna "Hey, know, I want to know where to find him out. at all times, either his bed or the rink." <laughs> Yeah. Not worrying about waking up one morning to some cell phone video of right. him and he, being unruly, yeah. you know, out in public. That's not going to be a concern. Yeah, we've been through that already, and it sucked. Yeah. Um. Good comment earlier from Zach. Joey, if you can go back and find that about Bedard, just, just up a little bit, uh, where he says, Bedard is the friend you send to talk to your parents <laughs> when you're trying to get away with some shit. <laughs> that counter boy is so sweet and well-spoken. Yes, that's Absolutely. True. That's it, yeah. <laughs> That's He's that's a that's perfect. Very that. diplomatic. Yeah. He knows how to say stuff. He knows how to not rock the boat. I don't know where he picked that up, but he he is a master of not saying anything controversial. Not I mean, to say it's not interesting, but yeah. like you know, he I admitted mean, he, it sucked when the Canucks lost, but he didn't say I hate the Bruins. Right. Or he didn't say I hate the Blackhawks. He could have very easily been like, Man, I grew up hating the Blackhawks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I he's been doing interviews since he was fourteen. I think he's Probably even earlier than that. I think he's yeah. been uh, there's, there's trained some, well. There's some coaching there For as sure. well. Yeah. And kind of a fun, mentioning the off-ice stuff, uh, this is the uh, the mom's trip this weekend to Florida. The moms get to go to Florida. So I'm sure we're going to see them all tomorrow since they'll be leaving after practice. So uh, kind of some fun stuff in the locker room about that. You know, uh, you know, again, which is, seems to be coming a bit with Connor Bedard, the whole cooking thing it'd be nice to have my mom here to cook <laughs> something for me um so um that'd he be fun. he's been getting better at it though yeah yeah he's he's actually uh probably able to get the macaroni and cheese out of the box <laughs> into the into Fire the up some ramen mm-hmm. yeah uh peanut butter goes on the left bread <laughs> jelly goes on the right bread put it together um nailed it you see him like fist pumping yes oh, he does. like uh in, in uh Step Brothers when will ferrell goes to costco and buys a toilet paper and does the big fist pump on his way out the door <laughs> yeah it's kind of making peanut butter and takes jelly. a bite out of the sandwich and does the are you not <laughs> all the way to the couch <laughs> yeah but no it'd be fun this weekend uh the, the moms get a good uh hey, they get to go to tampa bay and 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 essentially miami uh it's not bad not bad i mean yeah. you'd, you'd love to make that trip in february but uh Beggars can't be choosers, so it'll be fun to see 
what they come up with. Which were, which team's that. moms were the ones that were hitting the on blues. you in the elevator? Yeah, no, the blues. That was the blues. Yeah. Was well, I I I set myself up perfectly for that because they had all the blues moms in, and Jay and I were going upstairs, and they got in the elevator. They're all wearing jerseys that had their sons' names on the back. It wasn't all of them. They couldn't all fit in the elevator, but they were going up to the suite. Yeah. And I said, like, oh, it looks like it's the older sister's weekend for the blues. <laughs> and Such I was the most popular guy in the elevator. Such <laughs> yeah. a charmer. Well, what's crazy is now at they're least all for, my age. At least for two of us, like, yeah, we're gonna. Like, they're my age group. Like, how old is how old is Bedard's mom? She can't be that much older than us. No, no. If, if same age, we're in the same generation. Yeah, like we would have been in high he school. He is four at the years time. older than my daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's. By the way, crazy. step it up, Addy. I don't see you getting any interviews. Yeah, I don't see you in the hockey news yet. Jeez, the softball yeah. news. Yeah. Let's go, Addy. Step it up. Make me a millionaire down the road. <laughs> I freaking need it. That's great parenting. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. All right. Uh, yeah, make sure you check out the whole interview on What Chaos. Uh, it's really good stuff. I think you'll enjoy the podcast. To me, it's already been a must listen. Yeah, they're great. Um, yeah. Really, really good stuff. So um, before we go, uh, we want to remind you, we got a lot of cool stuff here on our set. Some of it's from Froco. Some of it's from my parents' basement. But it's all great. But get yourself some great gear at Philco. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They got the hoodies, the shoes, the signs, and everything in between. They just released a pre-order a Connor Bedard Stan Makita side-by-side bobblehead. Mm-hmm. There's only 144 of them being made. I haven't checked in the last day or two if there's any left, but the Bedard bobblehead pre-order sold out. The Bedard first goal bobblehead sold out already. Which is a mystery image. They don't even have an image for it yet. So, yeah, head to Foco.com, find that Bedard and Makita bobblehead, and if it's still there, grab it because mm-hmm. chances are you're not going to be able to find it for much longer. It's an awesome design. It is football season. Get your hoodies, get your pajama pants, get all your cozy clothing, your blankets at Foco, and, of course, all the cool set decorations we have here. Check out Foco.com or click the link in our description below. And for all non-presale items, use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. And speaking of sweet gear. Yeah. Finally. Finally, we have our full line of CHGO hats available to all of our great CHGO fans, uh, old and new. And uh, if you want to get yourself some of the best headgear around, uh, go to the CHGO locker and uh, check out all the New designs, we got uh, snapbacks, trucker hats, golf hats. Uh, the CHGO beanie is is still available as well. And uh, what else is there? There's the dad hat. Those are the four, right? The trucker, so, yeah. the snapback, yep. dad hat, and um, dad hat is offensive. The, uh, the, the golf hat as well. Uh, awesome designs. Uh, you can go to CHGO Locker to get that. And if you want to get 20% off of your hat order, which will definitely help as the holiday season is around, saving some money, become a CHGO diehard. You're going to get 20% off of all merchandise, get 20% off of all of our events. Uh, you get access to our diehard-only Discord and access to a lot of premium written content that is only available to diehards on allchgo.com. Uh, and you just be, get to be one of the uh, uh, exclusive members of the CHGO fan community that we are building here. And when you become a diehard, uh, you get a free T-shirt upon uh, sign-up 
And then upon renewal, every year you get another free t-shirt. So again, CHGO Locker, that's where you're going to find all of those designs. It is great to be a diehard. It is great to support us here at CHGO and keep us doing what we're doing and uh, keep us keep us employed. Keep us afloat. Yes. yes. Help, it, feed, uh, help feed my dogs. It, uh, <laughs> it helps do it out. Me. Do it for the pups. And, uh, and if you're a diehard... You're definitely going to want to get some stuff from FOCO and you're going to want to come out and hang out with us at our tailgate events and our takeovers. Uh, we have our final Bears tailgate event coming up uh, Thursday, Thursday night football going on. Uh, and when you're out there, you can enjoy some delicious food, some delicious beer and other beverages. Uh, and you have a chance to win a $200 gift certificate uh, to our friends over at X Golf. Uh, X Golf is the uh, golf simulator for uh, the fancy golf fan that uh, you are, or that your friend is, or that your family member is. Uh, they're going to be at our at our next Barrows tailgate, giving away a two hundred dollars gift certificate. You can find any of the X Golf locations around Chicagoland by visiting playxgolf.com/chicagoland. And before the game, we got our our CHGO Bears tailgate, and after the game, we also have. Uh, CHGO event uh, watch party and post game event that'll be happening on Thursday night at Joe's on Weed Street that is in uh, partnership with Circa so go to Joe's on Weed check it out Locked have a lot on. of fun pretty sure that's a ticketed event you can go to allchgo.com uh, to find out more information on that time to watch our post game show yes damn right <laughs> yes uh, just confirmed, by the way, the Makita Bedard bobblehead combo is still available. All right. Uh, so jump on there again. Only 144 of those will be made. I'm, mm, am I going to buy this? I don't want to miss out on this. Uh, you know, we, we want a three way split this bad boy. I mean, we have a focal partnership. I'd like to imagine we could maybe, you know, get one. You would think so. Maybe we'll Somebody see. Wake up Jim. <laughs> he's all tuckered out from all his bold hot yep. takes yeah exactly <laughs> all right we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 2 30 oh, uh we got we got to recognize oh, oh. our young dad's back there were uh two super chats we got to <laughs> oh get. thank you two of them go. both in the same uh yeah, they're both for the same reasons yeah Young Dangle God says, uh, let us know when we're going to have our re-signed Kane shirt so he can pre-order a bunch. Uh, you want to get the pre-order in early, I'll send you my Venmo. You can Venmo <laughs> me uh, $375, and I'll get right on that. Yeah. Uh, and Tim Adams says, same thing, bring back Taves and Kane with a bunch of goofy emojis. Yeah. Well, nostalgia doesn't sell. We'll, so. we'll, we'll, take, we'll take your money. That's all right. Anyways, practice tomorrow at tomorrow. 11. That's going to be fun. We'll have more uh, yeah, yes. practice updates and see what's going on. Come as to they, Fifth Third and wave at us, too. Yeah, as they get uh, get ready to go to Florida. Lots of seats available. Just yes. come on out and watch the Hawks practice. It's a good time. It's free. And they got a donut and coffee shop now. They mm -hmm. do. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs> We all silly like the mayor. 